Hi, and welcome back to Forest of the Future, the podcast series where we look into how innovation in FSC, especially within tech tools, but also more broadly, can help us protect the forests and secure the mission of FSC, which is to ensure responsible management of our forests worldwide. In this episode, we return to a topic that we already touched upon once before, the introduction of a standardized metadata set inside the sustainability community. The metadata set, which is called the ICIL Core Metadata Set, is being developed in a collaboration between FSC and ICIL and has obtained funding from the ICIL Innovations Fund. The metadata set is now ready for broad implementation and I therefore invited Michael Maroos and Patrick Millay back onto the podcast to tell us more about what has happened since last, why we're doing this and what the outlooks are. Let's hear what they have to say. Hi, Michael and Patrick, and welcome back to the podcast. The ISIL core metadata set is now getting ready for broad implementation, and I thought it would be relevant to invite the two of you back for a bit of an update. Patrick, can we start by you reminding us, what is it that you're aiming for with the development of the ISIL core metadata set? Yeah, thanks, Laura, and, and thanks for having us on again. So really, the core metadata set is it's first and foremost about making data and information more accessible. So as sustainability standards, we have so much data information, resources, data sets, and yet we don't make the best use of it. And the core metadata set is about standardizing different types of data and digital assets in a way that can make them more accessible and findable and usable. And I think that's what makes it exciting. What kind of data is it and what are the collections that we're looking at? Yeah, so we're talking about metadata. So in the first instance, this is like the categories of information about your data. So the way that the, the core is structured is around three clusters and made up of 10 modules. And, and basically those clusters, there's a, a global set, a certification set, and an impact set. And the global data elements are essentially about the resource itself. So what is it about? Who owns it? What type of resource is it? Those sort of things. And then when you get into certification, you're really looking at the types of information associated with a certification process. Like in a certificate, something as simple as what is the end date or how many months is the certificate valid for? And then on impacts, we start to get into the evidence side. And there's a link to a project that ICL is engaged in called Evidencia, where we tried to standardize the type of information that would be associated with research reports. Those are the core metadata elements. But one of the amazing things about the core metadata set is that we can expand upon it. And FSC has done this, and I'm sure Michael will talk about this. There's an extension for FSC that has some data elements that are specific to FSC, and any other organization can add their own data elements that may be specific to their system. But why is it that we're doing this? It's still a bit, you really have to concentrate to understand mm -hmm. what it is that we're talking you, about. You really do. As soon as, <laughs> soon as you throw meta into anything, yeah. it becomes complicated. But essentially, first and foremost, for organizations thinking about how they organize and use their data, this is a tool that can help to improve the efficiency and accessibility of that data. So that's an internal purpose. It's like in ICL, we have a lot of different information, 
but our databases don't talk to each other. The way that we store that information and, and how we find it is really unorganized. So we ourselves could learn a lot from implementing the metadata elements. And then secondly, it's looking externally. It's about how can we better make information findable by others uh, and potentially usable across systems. So one of the projects that we had that was really exciting as a test case was when organizations, ICL members, got together and shared geospatial data about audit results in a specific region. And by ensuring that those data sets were coded the same way, we were able to compare and combine that information in a way that gave us a risk profile for specific sustainability issues in that region. So that's a really practical and valuable way that something like this could be used. So it sounds like it might be a way for us as a sustainability community really to start talking more about our impact in the same kind of way across systems and, and actually start being more aligned in the way that we communicate. Yeah, I think so. I think that there's a lot of potential there, both for how we communicate, but also how we can take most advantage of the collective knowledge that we hold. So mm -hmm. how can we use that to improve our own systems? Mm -hmm. Michael, I'd like to bring you in. FSC has taken upon ourselves to implement this, as Patrick mentioned. I think it's fair to say that we're still in the beginning of this deep implementation, but what have we done to date? How is it practically unfolding inside FSC? Thank you, Laura, and thank you, Patrick. We are deep in implementation, and what deep in implementation really means is that we're deep in really changing how we manage and publish our information resources to make them more usable, more comparable, more able to be useful for a whole variety of stakeholders and partners. So step one, trying to understand what are the keystone information resources that we need to cater for in terms of standardization. So obviously the, the types of things that we've taken stock of are certification data, our normative documentation and information, as well as all of the things linked to that and things like impact information or, for example, spatial data and mapping types of data for managing and seeing FSC certified forest on the map or databases of alternatives to using pesticides. All of these are important information sets and data sets that should come together and actually link together in terms of what our standards cater for, how certification is implemented on the ground, and what is happening with the practical aspects of working in a sustainable way. The second thing is really bringing together technology that can easily be put into place for managing these information resources in a common way, but also managing them so that they can be described with metadata like Patrick was talking about, that makes that information not only valuable at, at its face value as an individual piece of information, but valuable as its connection to a whole broad set of very important information resources. So we've put together our open knowledge repository to start the, the process of managing our information in a standardized way, but also exposing it and publishing it in a way that can make it more useful for our partners, for other stakeholders to access and use. 
can we give a specific example? Like, what would you then find on our open knowledge repository? We started with our normative framework of documents, and that's all of the standards and policies and advice notes that make up the normative framework of FSE standards. So we've published all of those to our open knowledge repository over the last three years. And what that means is not only are those documents available as documents, but those documents are available that reflect the FSC specific elements that describe really the FSC facet of those normative documents, which means the types of processes and significance of those documents to our stakeholders. So that metadata will tell you, is this policy or normative document in transition? Is it currently in force? Will it be in force in the next six months? Is it linked to another policy that's relevant? Or is it relevant to only a certain region of the world? So this meta information is important to be able to put some substance behind what's in that document. And I guess you see the whole history of the revision as well. That's another thing. This is important, especially to standard setting processes. Standard setting groups and working groups always want to know how did this policy develop over time? We don't want to repeat what's been done in the past. We want to learn from those standard setting processes so that we can take it forward to progress. So it's important to have those revisions. And in fact, you'll find in our open knowledge repository, all versions, whether it be a minor change or a completely new version of a policy or standard or a new language version, for example, you'll find all of those as different types of revisions of those normative documents in the OKR, the open knowledge repository. Are we seeing any benefits from this as an organization now that we're dipping our toes into this standardization process? We've seen already benefits starting from how we manage information. Our policy and standards unit now has a nice group of people that are re responsible for different standard setting processes across COC and controlled wood and forest management. They all are using the same processes to publish their normative documents in a timely way and inform those who need to be informed of the updates. So that's, I think, one important benefit is that the organization changes how it works. I think another benefit is that we have been able to use the technology behind bringing information together and letting it really travel to different spaces to publish this information, not only in the open knowledge repository, but on our main website as a set of what we call our document center. We've tried to put this platform to purpose by letting it be the publishing platform that can help easily standardize this type of information, but also make that information travel to where it's really needed the most. And I think what I see in the future is the ability to really start bringing this together so that we can look at a facility for searching FRC information, which gives you not only relevant results, but when you're in one of those results, you'll be able to travel even further or deeper into a subject area to see, well, that standard is for a specific country. What's in that country in terms of species or pesticides alternatives or alternative methods of forest management or things that are involving forest management? It really allows for the information to be put together for those who are consuming it in a way that it isn't just a wall that stops at what I get at face value for reading a document. 
The last part that you're talking about here really hints to the future value of this for the community around us and our certificate holders. Do you think that they're already starting to see any benefits from this at this stage or is that too soon? Um, I think it's a bit soon because we want to launch this out so that search engines and people can come to our open knowledge repository and get that information. But we also want to start building some information resources that bring together these search facilities. So I think the benefits will be much greater in the near future. But what I do think is that community-wise, when you mentioned the ICO community, there already is benefit because others are seeing the value of good management, good description of your information resources. For example, we published recently this alternative pesticides database in our open knowledge repository. There, you can find alternative to pesticides that are not only regarding forestry, but regarding agriculture. And you will find that because of the ICL core elements that help us find crosswalks across different sectors so that we can even rely on each other's resources, not only for a comparative advantage, but also in, in terms of really just rich information resources. What is the next step that we will take this to? The next steps are to continue publishing core information in our open knowledge repository. We've also published all of our impact studies that we've generally had in other data sources, but we've now put it in our open knowledge repository so that, first of all, it can be more readily accessible, but also be described with the ICO core metadata set. And that this will mean that we will have that search facility available so that you can look at not only normative documents for a given region or, a, or for a given subject area, but you can also look at, well, where's the impact being seen in those areas of the world? Or how does it connect to other sustainability issues that are in a region because there may be certain agriculture aspects that one would want to consider? So I think that we're already seeing a great advantage of that. And that future really looks like these, not only search facilities, but methods to really bring our information together, package them so that they can be more meaningful for those who are really looking for that kind of information. And I know that the impact research that you're talking about has already been crosswalked with the ICL core metadata set, and therefore we've had the ability to actually match up with the ICL Evidentia platform and actually expand that with 250 research papers. Um, I will just pause the interview with Michael and Patrick here for one minute because I want you to hear something that blew me away and really made me understand the value of the ICL core metadata set earlier this week when I interviewed the Evidentia team. Evidentia is a platform that was initiated by WWF and Rainforest Alliance along with ICL in 2019. The intention is to bring together all of that research information on the impacts of different kinds of certification schemes and other sustainability initiatives around the globe and utilize that for learning. Now, why is it then important that we crosswalk the FSC research library with the Evidentia library and add 250 papers? I will let Vidya from the Evidentia team explain that to you and I bet it will all make sense to you as well. Research anyway, Loa, is always playing catch up with practice, okay? Mm -hmm. Especially when you're talking about impact research, you already have a time lapse that you're working with because somebody needed to have done something, then a researcher goes and then they evaluate. 
So what you always are playing with in research is how do we reduce the time gap between when somebody has a really powerful insight and that insight can be shared with people who are working in the field. So the faster, the smoother, the better we get at this, we're really reducing the time gap, which means we're really bridging the time gap between impacts, evidence, and informing practice and learning. That's one thing that really excites me about this. And the second is just transparency. The fact that as large global public systems, everybody out there knows about what impact you have on which SDG, on which issue, on which topic, which type of evidence, in which country, etc. So you could be a producer sitting in South Africa or wherever and be able to go to Evidencia and find, okay, what is the sort of evidence there is about the impact of the FNC scheme on my area, on my country, on my region. And finally, that we become a community that learns faster, learns better, learns more efficiently and reduces duplicity and, and finds these sort of operational gains. But with the end game being that we really use evidence to inform practice. Isn't that an amazing outcome from something as relatively straightforward as comparing two sets of metadata and using that to make sure that we set ourselves as a community in a position to learn faster from research and evidence to improve our standards, to improve our practices, and to show the impact that we have on the globe. I think it is. But let's return back to the interview with Michael and Patrick. Patrick, what about ICL? What's next for ICL? Because now FSC is implementing. What are you doing to make the rest of the community implement as well? I think this is where we get to the really exciting part is that we've had so much effort going into building out what are these metadata elements and putting them into a form that's accessible for everyone. And now we're starting to see that organizations that want to standardize the way that they structure and organize their data, they're seeing the metadata core as a useful resource. And and really what's next for ICL is to focus on getting the message out in a clear and accessible way what this is. Because as we talked about earlier, it's a difficult concept to get your head around. But how can we make this practical and how can we develop use cases that show like the evidence here crosswalk or the, the geospatial regional analysis that show the practical value for organizations. So we're building out resources where we're trying to develop these use cases. And really, we're just talking one on one with a number of organizations about how they can best use it. Are you seeing any interest from others? to take on and do the implementation. Absolutely, yeah. There's a bunch of core systems who, many of them have been engaged in an understanding of this project throughout its duration, but we're starting to see very practical and exciting use cases, like for example, a Rainforest Alliance. So they're building out their certificate database and they did a full crosswalk against the certification cluster of metadata elements. And within that, they decided to incorporate most of those metadata elements into that certificate database. This isn't the first time that the communities developed a metadata standard. There was a, a collaboration between Better Cotton Initiative and Global Coffee Platform in, in the coffee and cotton sectors to try to identify a core set of consistent indicators. Um, those are the, the delta indicators. And those were incorporated into the metadata core. So the idea that collectively organizations can work together to identify what are some consistent types of information that they want to collect 
and then incorporate that into the core for other systems to be able to access and use, I think is really exciting. It does really sound like we are looking towards a future where our data is much more able to travel between different systems and be more comparable. Yeah, I hope so. What if I'm a company out there or an organization that's not a, an ICL member? Can I mm -hmm. utilize this or do I have to be a member to start using the framework? No, I think that's one of the great things about this. Um, it, technically, the the metadata core is housed on GitHub. It's an open access repository. Anyone can go and look at the interface. They can see and download the different data elements and use those as a basis for doing their own crosswalk. So absolutely open to everyone. And would it be helpful for the community, do you think, if a lot of companies, a lot of other actors start picking up on this and implementing? I think so, yeah. I, I think that the the value that we're seeing is when we improve the consistency of the way that we structure and store information. And yes, it's useful if a company takes those metadata elements and uses them internally, but the value really comes from then if that company or stakeholder wants to make that information accessible in a similar way to FSC having the open knowledge framework. Mm -hmm. Michael, if you were then to give a, a piece of advice to, let's say, another certification scheme or a company or an organization that want to start implementing the metadata set, what piece of advice would you give? My advice would start simple. Take a look at the ICO core metadata set. Start trying to fill in the blanks of what kind of questions are you trying to answer? What kind of questions do your stakeholders want to answer? And what you'll find is that if you can describe and publish your information and data resources in a way that you can, for example, look at information that's relevant to SDGs like quality education or information that is regarding wages or impact on communities and their infrastructure and development. Once you start looking at the, the practical side of what kind of information resources I have and where it should be traveling, what kinds of questions it should be answering, then you can see the value of good standardization of your information resources so that you both publish them in a way that they can be described in a very standardized and comparative way, but also in a way that they can be packaged and delivered to your stakeholders to answer a lot of those questions. If you're searching on the internet, many times you'll find the thing that you are really looking for, but you'll discover so much more by reading about it and clicking through and going even further in, in depth into that information. If you really want that kind of experience, then this is the kind of information management project that you should undertake. So are you saying that if you as an organization want to dive into this, the first thing you should do is sit down and build a, basically a, a set of use cases for what you want your different information assets to be able to do? I think that's a very good idea. Build the use cases. Ask the questions of what are the information resources, the rich information and data resources we have or that we aspire to have? How are we making those available today? And understand that making information available is not the same as making it accessible. Making it accessible is very different. Accessible means that 
that those who need to find it can find it, that it is meaningful when they find it, that it's not just a one-way street in terms of, I've got my information, it's ready to print out and that's it. No, give the opportunity to go in depth into your information and data resources. So that mapping out, I think, is quite important. Quite tangible first step as well. Patrick, would you have a piece of advice too? Where would you start? So I would obviously build on Michael's comments. I think Michael's reference to information management project is important here because we have to recognize this isn't something that you just pick up off the shelf and apply it throughout your organization. It's done. It's a one-step process. This is actually a project of adapting your existing information and data so that it aligns with these metadata elements. So the first thing I would say is that this is about having the right mentality, recognizing what value you're going to get from this and having that drive the focus and the effort because you are going to need to put resources towards this. And I think in order to maximize the value of that process, you want to tie it very practically to any revision process that you're undertaking. So that Rainforest Alliance example, perfect example of already being in a process of developing a new certificate database. Take that time to incorporate an introduction of these data elements. Any existing process, it'll be easier to build in this type of revision and restructuring. Mm -hmm. Michael, if you think about FSC as an organization, what do you hope that this standardization process has brought us in three, four years? I think there are different levels of what I would hope in three or four years. First, I think, is that we as an organization, that it's very natural to manage our information so that it can be used 100% by our stakeholders and not that it's something that needs to answer questions in order to understand, is it relevant to me or is it not relevant? Am I getting the right information? Is this the most up-to-date, et cetera? Really enabling both the organization to be at the level to publish and manage its information resources in such a way, but also that our stakeholders are able to easily find, resource, utilize, for whatever kind of stakeholder they are, whether they're part of a standards technical working group trying to improve on a standard, or if they're a stakeholder that really just needs to understand how can I manage better in the area that I'm certified in. So putting our knowledge out there so that it actually becomes much more useful for the community around us. What about you, Patrick? What is your three, four year aspiration? I take this from the, the sustainability standards perspective and, and just recognizing that this is part of a bigger evolution to sustainability systems as better data managers. It's like the foundational piece. And we're seeing a lot of effort going into becoming better data managers. There's investment in people, there's investment in technology. And so the time is ripe for a lot of organizations to being put those foundations in place to, to take the effort to have that kind of standardized basis on which to structure your information. And I think ideally what I'd like to see is that the metadata core 
is the, the foundation of that, but then organizations are also building out these extensions like the FSC extension where there's additional pieces of information that are or data elements that are specific to that organization. And I'd like to see us come together as a community and recognize that this is a community asset and that any organization, ICL member or not, can go in there and look at what are all the ways that data elements, metadata elements have been standardized, whether that's the core or these extensions, and see which ones are relevant for their own purposes. And then build out the use cases. This is really about how can we create value. And so the more that we have examples of how these metadata elements have helped to create value, the more valuable it becomes and it's a, a self-fulfilling cycle. That's it. I hope you're now up to date on where the ISIL core metadata set is and that you are inspired wherever you are and which organization you're in to start standardizing your metadata more. Me personally, think there's a huge opportunity here and I dream of the day where sustainability data is so standardized that we turn the back of a packet and the sustainability data there is as easy for us to read and get as it is for the ingredients list. I dream of the day where sustainability data travels so easily that it can help civil society and governments identify easily where to invest their funds for the greatest possible impact. I dream of the day where certified companies can report to sustainability schemes with ease, without multiple reporting, and where they have control of the data and manage it easily. I dream of the day where we can easily identify what works and what doesn't work based on impact reporting and audit data and utilize that seamlessly to update our normative framework, our standards for the greatest possible impact. When we reach that, the ISIL core metadata set has truly lived up to its potential. Thank you for listening in. If you are interested in getting an update every time there's a new podcast episode out, if you want to know more about what we're doing in FSC and innovation, I encourage you to join our LinkedIn group. It's called FSC Digital Innovation and it's open for everyone. You can also always get in touch with me on digital input at fsc.org. I am Laura Worm, and this was Forest for the Future.